Oh man. Hair. Oh, Ooh, this feels. Uh, it's been a minute since I've done one of these. We're so close. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, if you touch the mic, it's loud. I see that. Yeah. If it goes like this. Okay. Or if you tap this, it's like really loud. Yeah. Remember, um, I used to run the sound system. You know, guess who I met up with today? Who? Ben Chartel. That's fantastic. <laughs> I don't know who listens to this. He listens to every episode. Yeah, I told him I was meeting up with you. Yeah, his um, his mom used to babysit Lachelle. Get out of here. Sweet I didn't guy. know that. Oh, yeah, they knew each other. Really? Yep. Oh, I, I had And that's why to this day she won't drink milk, because apparently they tried to make her drink goat's milk. And Are you serious? Nope. <laughs> Done. <laughs> goat's milk? I, I don't know. She has a no. lot of stories about white folk and babysitters <laughs> and, and, and farm animals. It's creepy AF. Like, oh I don't, uh, I don't. I, yeah. Oh, well, Wait, let's... is it the window you saw the deer out of? Just no. No, the, that's wild that you know that story. I listen to your podcast. I know you listen to my podcast, but, like, I forget that other people <laughs> are on the other side of the microphone listening to this very conversation we are having. I forget, because I just record, I talk and record, and then it just goes off into space, and this is my space cast, which yeah. is a, what I've always wanted, is a space yeah. cast, so... Uh, and then no. I send you random texts about things I've gotten out of it or I enjoyed. Or <laughs> Which is so funny because, like, typically I, by the time you get here or by the time you, you listen to it, it's been oh yeah um, forever two weeks, three weeks, <laughs> or even, least, like, a month. And you're like, oh, this is so good. And I'm like, oh, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That was a good episode. Good times. All right, so we need to cheers. We're going to do a whiskey tasting. Um First one, no, we got to do the mango habanero first because we know the peanut butter is going to be good. So this is Old Smoky Mango Habanero uh, Whiskey. Is this like a cut for them? No, they're not giving us any money for this. Well, not us, but (laughs) hoping maybe you did. No, zero. Cheers, Cheers. friend. Oh, that's tasty. We've had one shot, folks. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it kicks in the back. That's oh, it. wow. That is... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I like it or not. I think I do. Do you really? Yeah. But I like spicy. Oh, I do, too. That is... But that's... It's still heating oh, it's, on the way down. It is down. literally getting warm in my chest right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. My goodness. That was unlike any shot I've ever done. I would do it again. Yeah. Like, I would... Was that wow. an Old Smoky as well? That's Just a no, little? That was okay. Old Smoky. Wow, I am lighting up right now. Man, I feel like my pancreas is on fire. It's all the way down. Okay, now we need to try. Okay, the second shot is a peanut butter whiskey from Old Smoky. Cheers. Cheers. Butter smooth. And it's like a slap of peanut butter. Yeah. You know, I like peanut butter, but I I might like the habanero better. I like the habanero better. It's yeah. funny, the peanut butter did not taste as good after, after the habanero. We probably should have had a bit of a break. Probably. <laughs> we have, there's there's no structure to this whatsoever. Um, oh, man, I, I'm having a hard time it's collecting. It's warm. Yeah. It's very warm. Yeah. Um, uh, did you steal those from a church? <laughs> <laughs> I actually went into a church on 
on Easter Sunday, oh, God. thinking I needed some shot glasses and just waited for him to get You're communion. <laughs> but wait, and when did the, you really go when to the, church? When the little tray came came along, <laughs> I did four quick shots. <laughs> I was like, Deborah's coming over. I need shot glasses. <laughs> I did four quick shots, put them in my pocket, grabbed a handful of the crackers, shoved them in my mouth, and I was like, man, I'm going to be healed for like the next six years. Oh, man. Did you really go to church? No, I didn't oh, okay. actually. The funny enough, I've I've been to um, Journey in the past six months. I've been to Journey maybe um, a handful of times. Wow. Yeah, it, it was weird because um, so I didn't tell you this. I try not to have conversations with people <laughs> before I have conversations oh, okay. with people. You. And you were here, and uh, like you walked in, and you're like, "How do you like the place?" This exact apartment was the apartment I lived in. In 2014. I yes. <laughs> oh, that, no. It's loud, right? <laughs> Who brought a 40 to this party? <laughs> You're literally drinking a 40 you, of Miller Lite. You can set it down. It's, it doesn't matter. It's not like anybody's listening to this. <laughs> what are the chances that you're going to listen to this? Pretty high, probably. Um, well, I don't know. It, it depends on how stupid I feel like I get. You, you started me off with two shots of whiskey. <laughs> I feel like that's that's the best way to start these off. Is I guess. Two quick shots of whiskey. I have two different podcasts, both with Ashlyn right around the Christmas time, two years apart, where I cracked a white claw, took a sip, and choked <laughs> immediately to start the episode. <laughs> immediately to start yeah. the episode out. So uh, starting with two shots of whiskey okay. is, is good. Okay. Um, I feel like it's a that's a great introduction. We haven't seen each other in a while. No. It's been how, how long? When was the last time we saw each other? Way too long. I'm um, like I'm even. Like oh, was it? it? Um, we, we did. Uh, uh, w- there was a holiday where we went out to eat. What was that? Was it was Valentine's Day? That's right. And then we saw people, and I was like, "Oh, they are gonna wonder. They're gonna call oh, the shell, <laughs> and they're gonna be like, because I just saw out. your boot out with a man. <laughs> she double dipping." <laughs> Yeah, and we went to that Philly cheesesteak place. What was the That's name of the place? It was the the Philly o- cheesesteak place. The one uh, over by uh, um, Sparty's. And, yep. Mm-hmm. It's not Sparty's. Well, Whiskey Barrel. Yes. Oh, Sparty's is... That's, I'm dating long, myself. Long time ago. Yeah, it's over by the Whiskey Barrel. Is that still up in business? Well, it's Green Dot, the slider place now. Oh, I don't... I haven't been that way in so long. Mm-hmm. We should go there on Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, we, we missed it, though. Damn. Yeah. Next, VD. Next... <laughs> Yeah, so it's been what was that? 2016, 2017? No, it had to be before. It had to be later than that. I don't know. No, maybe it wasn't. Well, cuz that was kind of like that conversation was the downfall like I was like I'm done with everything. Jesus. So, so <laughs> so I I didn't realize like that was so you were running um One Love. One Love mm-hmm. out of the uh Solace Solace Center. Center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um to, let's work this. Let's work this backwards, shall okay. we? Actually, um, are you up for telling some of your story? Sure. Yeah, that was a reserved <laughs> yes. You were like, "Fuck you" for asking. I I can do some of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for the for those who don't know, um, Deb is uh, like you're a great friend. Like you're one of those root friends. That I've had for, I mean, since I moved to town, it's been a decade. I've known you for a decade now. Mm-hmm. 
which is weird to say you're a decade friend now. Yeah. Which probably means you're going to be around probably the rest of my life. Yeah, you're Con- stuck with me. Sorry. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> and when I first moved back into town, me and Juge started going to um, Journey Life, which is a church. I was the worship pastor, and you were running sound. Mm-hmm. And I believe you – was it you and Lachelle? Were, mm-hmm. you, were you both there? Mm-hmm. Were you guys married? No, you weren't. Because we weren't I remember – I remember your marriage, so that means you weren't married when we right. moved back. But I also remember conversations with some of the staff at the church mm-hmm. and them having issues with having um, a gay couple in the church mm-hmm. serving mm-hmm. as gay people. Right. And not seeking the one true... Change. <laughs> the, <laughs> well, it's it's the, the, the one true orientation sure. of... Jesus, which is straight, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, heterosexuality is the epitome of of godliness. Yeah, um, Jesus, who had twelve men following him around. <laughs> okay, go ahead. This conversation just <laughs> radically changed my view on what happened <laughs> in the year zero. <laughs> anyway, um, and I re- I remember many. Well, I would say probably at least a handful of times um, it came up in conversation at the church, like in church meetings. I mean, not with everyone, but with enough people. Right, because you were on staff. So you were hearing everything. Yeah, behind the scenes. And I kept going back to – now, I was raised fundamental. All my listeners know this. I was raised very fundamental. And I remember just being told what to believe about all this stuff. It's just like, you know, like – um, homosexuality just sends you right to hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Um, like there, there's just like two or three automatic to hell sins. And that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other one was masturbation. Um, like murder strangely was a forgivable. Right. <laughs> Don't let your seeds spill but out. Like, but if you have to kill somebody to get your but, seed But out. also, also <laughs> dancing, not acceptable. I'm not kidding you. Like, if, if in the Assembly of God, okay. if you are an ordained minister in the, assembly, in the Assemblies of God, you cannot dance at your own wedding. That's not permissible. But if you murdered someone, that's forgivable. I don't, there's some strange, strange laws in there. I'm, I don't fully understand. I'm not going to try. But I remember sitting in this meeting, and I, at this point, uh, it's 2012, so I'm 30 years old. Am I 30? Yeah, 30 years old. And um, I remember sitting in, in one of the first meetings, and uh, the the lead pastor brought it up first. And he's a wonderful man, um, and uh, not friends to this day. Uh, sadly, I think he unfriended me at some point, which is too bad because I try to remain amicable with mm-hmm. anyone that I've worked with. I mean, we didn't have a falling out or anything like that. I bought him a gas card on his way out the door. Um, <laughs> I did the shot. <laughs> You left the falling out to me. <laughs> I, I did. I, I'm not kidding you. Like he was leaving and I went and bought him a $25 shell gas card as like a, Hey, thanks for all the work you did. Um, and I remember sitting at this meeting with him and he, he brought up and, and I didn't understand the relevance of the issue at hand because he was like, um, I just want to, you know, talk to you uh, about one of the, one of the media team that is, uh, you know, um, somebody that 
I is like you could tell like he was just fumbling over mm-hmm. his words. He didn't know how to say the thing that he wanted to say. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who said it, but somebody was like, "You mean Deb and she's gay?" <laughs> and it was you like know, I am way. Can I just say I am way more important behind closed doors <sighs> than I am in. Like my name gets boy put right out there for so many times, but I'm not that important, and I wish <laughs> well, I was. Well, apparently you are that important. But I wish I was that important. Okay, go ahead, Deb. Yeah, she's well, gay, and so I, I care. I think it was. Um, you remember Debbie Kraft? Oh yeah. I think it was her because I think she was just cool. I mean, yeah. She didn't care. I think she was like, "You mean Deb, and she's gay," <laughs> and. <laughs> Just the way it was said, it was so perfect. That sounds about right. And and he was like, uh, uh, well, you know, uh, and just stumbling over his words. Sure. And I'm sitting there, and I didn't realize at this point the level of complexity that this church carried when it came to this. And then it all kind of came, and I was like, oh, of course they have an issue with um, somebody who's gay that's working in the church because mm-hmm. Jesus wouldn't, you know, be okay with that. Right. Um, of course, you know. Jesus says, come as you are, but immediately change, change. <laughs> immediately change into the white Republican um, heterosexual Jesus that is, you know, yes. you know with the beard yes. you know, and the blue eyes, blue eyes yeah. right? Brown flowing hair. Like That's kind of brownish blonde. Um, Jesus was a wasp. If, I don't know if you know that. White Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Um for all of you who are wondering what wasp is, um, but so we were sitting there, and I, I don't remember much of the conversation after that. But mm-hmm. I remember thinking, why are we talking about this? Mm-hmm. Um, and because, like, I I knew, mm-hmm. like, I I had I'd, you know at that point become f- fairly good friends. This is fun to watch you set that down. Um, I had become fairly good friends. Me and Juge yeah. become fairly good friends with you and Lachelle and uh, the kids, and we were kind of getting involved. And we just I was like we loved you guys. You're, you know you. You're right. This is, you know, like with everyone else in the church, it just like didn't think about any, you know, mm-hmm. like the Mitterlings and, you know, and uh, Ariel and Joe and um, like all, all these people, like we love, we loved everybody, you know, yeah. and they're bringing it up. And, and so like I was waiting for him to say like, yeah, she has been coming late or she's not taking <laughs> cues or like it was something that you had done. And, and I was, I was like preparing to be like, okay, well, you know, I'll address that, uh, you know? And, and then he was just like, what are we going to do with Deb? And I was like, the gay, the, the, the village gay. Yes. And, and, and I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. And I was like, is, is there something wrong? And, and he couldn't say why it was an issue for him, but it was a huge issue for him. And and, and it basically came down to um, he wasn't comfortable with the idea that he had somebody who was gay serving. Yeah. Um, now, this was the genesis. I was at the genesis of the issues because – you probably didn't know that these conversations were happening at the time, mm-hmm. but I wasn't there for the falling out. Right. But you had kind of said, shit's coming. <laughs> I did? Yeah. I don't remember You had that. given Lachelle and I a heads up, but very discreetly. Like, I felt like you, you didn't know how to 
Because you did have a position. You were getting a paycheck. Like, that's that's important. You got to pay your bills, right? And so... $600 a month. I was getting a paycheck. Yeah, paycheck. Hey, but it's a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, you were the one... You told us... Man, I don't remember. Did you have a dream? Oh, shit. You had a... Oh, man, now I kind of wish I would have brought Lachelle. She'd probably remember. And she wouldn't have had shots. Um, <laughs> didn't you say you had a dream? What was the dream about? Because I... That you, that you were given a choice and you just walked out and you were done because of us? Or did that really happen? <laughs> oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Honestly, I, that was a really mixed up time. And let me tell you why. Because we, it, that was not our first church. Well, of course. We met at a church, and then we had to leave that church. And then we want, when we found a church that, you know, we've been to a lot of churches. We just wanted to freaking serve. We just wanted to do what we loved and be part of a church, a community, right? And so when I, I joined there first, and I wanted to work with the kids, and I was told I could be gay and work in any area but with the kids, of course. Really? Yep. And that was with, um, what's her name? Jennifer, Jen. I don't and remember. I loved her. She was so fantastic. Oh, oh, I remember yeah. her. Oh, was, was, she sang really good yes, too. Yes, um, she did. I don't remember. Um, anyway, um, and, and it wasn't her call, it was, it was Pastor's call. And I was like, you know what? At this point in time, if you are literally going to let me be gay, openly gay, and serve anywhere, I don't care where. I used to work, run the sound department at a different church, so let me just go back to what I know, right? Yeah. So, so that's why I landed there. I really wanted to work with the kids because I loved kids. Yeah, but then we got to hang out. Then we got to hang out, And that out, was right? dope and yeah. shit. Yeah, and then, you know, Lachelle was like, I want to be a greeter because I love greeting people at the door because I'm so excited to be part of a church that lets me serve as a lesbian. <laughs> like, we just, we thought we had found it. Like, we had landed. We That is where... We belonged because they knew we were gay and they were still letting us serve. Huh. Well, they did. Yeah. Until I feel like there was some people that had problems. Well, I th- the, the problems always existed. Sure. And what it was was that there's some people who expect other people to uphold their own ideologies. Sure. And when that doesn't happen over a certain amount of time, then people get loud. Yeah. And if they get loud, then they they create a divide in who must choose sides. So they create a false dichotomy. Mm-hmm. You must choose a side. You know, do you support the gays or not? <laughs> and sure. and everyone's like, why are we talking about this? Right. And then the false dichotomy is created behind the scenes. And then you have large money supporters coming right. in that are saying, "Am I? I have to give a, a choice on which." Well, of course, I'm. You know, I, I support whatever the pastor supports, and mm-hmm. then the pastor says, "Well, we must exile," mm-hmm. and that's really the road it goes down. It's it's individuals' uh, ideologies that yeah. are really <laughs> they're. they're uh, I have a hard time talking about this and not getting angry Um, because, um, you know, all in all, these are good people with really good intentions that have had poor, um, poor religious beliefs taught to them. Right. 
I mean, because in the same sense that every, I mean, everything I believe I've been taught, everything sure. from the words I know, you're like, like you're sitting at a table. This, this, I didn't make that up. Somebody taught me that this was mm -hmm. a table, right? Everything I know in this entire universe has been taught to me right. at some point in my time, along with everyone else. We're all just taught this stuff. And so it's every time somebody comes with anger or comes with really strong convictions about how you should live your life, I, I immediately, like my knee jerk is like, shut the fuck up, <laughs> you know? But then sure. my secondary response is, what has been taught to them mm -hmm. in order for them to get there? Because that humanizes them in my, in my mind. Mm -hmm. But I also have to take a step back and say, okay, is, is anyone being harmed from this sure. process? And that takes precedence yep. over everything. Because here we have like two of my best friends that are serving, I mean, weekend after weekend, mm -hmm. countlessly, selflessly and you are being ostracized mm -hmm. for none of their damn business. Right. And I think ultimately it's so funny. I wasn't even planning on talking about this, but like questions come up to me because I have no idea what it's like to be at a, like fundamentally like my entire Christian upbringing what it was like was basically me asking jesus to forgive me for masturbating every week like this is it's <laughs> like, rough life that's i i yeah. was I, first of all i was taught if you masturbated that right to hell like you have to make yourself and so it was like a race between yeah. the moment of masturbation mm -hmm. and salvation gotcha and if jesus came in that window right to hell and so I'm that sucks that's rough and so I mean, my entire upbringing yeah was the window of fear between masturbation and salvation right weekly Whew. that sucks <laughs> but that's the extent I mean either way if that's the extent it still it's, well, sucks it, but, but, but see the difference of mine is like this internal shame that was taught to me yeah yours was external sure and and so like look I guess my first question is like, what was it like? Because you were raised in a similar, mm -hmm. in a similar uh, household as mm -hmm. I was. And like, I guess my first question is like, what, what was it like to know? I mean, cause like at what age did you, did you come out? Well, so I, um, if I can ask. No, yeah. Okay. I, um, uh, so <laughs> it's funny because I obviously very religious, very Christian, very, it was not as much, um, assembly of God as word of faith, Sure, but th there's, it's real, clo real close. Sure. Um, but I remember like in the second grade having the biggest crush on this eighth grader and I just wanted her to kiss me really like, um, Bowen Hope did on days of our lives. <laughs> Days because my mom life. was big into soap opera. Days of our lives. And so and Hope always had like the most intimate kisses. And I just wanted to kiss her. But I was so young and she was so old and that's kind of creepy. But I had the biggest crush on this this young girl, older girl than me. So, but I was second grade. So mm. I knew something was a little different, right? 
And then it wasn't until... It's like eight years old, seven years old, maybe. Yeah, eight, yeah. probably eight. Cool. Yeah, I think because I think I started a little bit later. <clears throat> so eight years old. And then... Um, but that's my first recollection hmm. of having thoughts of a girl hmm. over a boy. And then um, in uh, the summer in between my eighth grade year and my ninth grade year, I met a girl who lived a town over, um, who was very tomboyish like me, very much into basketball and softball, and we just clicked, and she was my, my cousin's best friend. Mm. And she was just like, like my girl. Like, mm. I was like, oh, she's the coolest person ever. And, you know, and we, just, and we just started hanging out, and then she was a couple years older than me. She got her license, and so she'd drive into town, and we'd hang out and whatever, and then best friend, best friend, best friend, and it just got more and more intimate, and then the intimacy turned sexual, mm. not not immediately. I mean, it took quite a quite a long process. And then both of us, neither of us would have said we were gay by any means. It was just something we did. How we, old were you at this time? So I was like a freshman oh, in so high school. Is, and, and this is at the time where, like, being gay was... Right, it was. It's not just you weren't. It wasn't just taboo in the church. It was taboo, (laughs) right? Everywhere. Oh yeah, my parents would have never let me hang out with her ever again. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember in my school. Granted, I grew up in Chartucky. Well, I grew up in Seawing. It was yeah, eighteen hundred people. Yes, stones throw from us. You know, Um, I think we had twelve hundred people in the school. Maybe maybe a thousand people. there, everyone knew like the two gay people. Sure. And they, I, I well, there was this one girl named Crystal, who was a black female that was oh also God. a lesbian. Oh, her poor and, life in Charlotte. In was Charlotte, a black lesbian. Yeah, which you Crystal, think, shout out to you, sister. Yeah. Well, <laughs> shit. Well, <laughs> I never made it. <laughs> well, sadly, she, in tenth grade, she killed herself. Oh Jesus. I'm, God. because she was ridiculed so I'm sure. oh, so bad horrible. i mean it was it was like all the things i mean charlotte's like what one of the worst uh racist sure. per capita cities in michigan <laughs> and then on top of that um she's black and on top Ugh. of that she's female yeah and of course she played softball and it was just like all of these things and like i, I look back and like i remember people made shirts with like that was like you know honoring her or whatever and the people that wore the shirts got Got ridiculed Worse. too, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so bad." And I remember thinking, "Like, why is everyone making fun of her?" And like, it never made sense to me then. Mm-hmm. Like, so the, this whole ideology never clicked with me. It just never made sense. Yeah, I kind of just went with it because it was, you know, of course, that's just what it is, you know. Um, until it was really still, it was when I started critically thinking about it. And I'm like, that eh, doesn't seem right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, her name was Crystal, and it was, I think she was one of two black people. The other was a dude, and he he played basketball, so I guess he was okay. Sure. But so I got married in 2014, and I really didn't come out until um, 2013. Really? To everybody. And how? Uh, so it, and basically, my save the dates were I'm done hiding. Really? So now everybody assumed, right? Sure. And I so will you were say, like you were like 28, 30, 31. Uh, I turned 40 in 2014 when I got married. I was almost 40. Damn, girl, you look good. (laughs) Thank you. I thought we were the same age. We're the same age. Just tell me we're the same age. That makes me feel good. Sure. It's the clean living. (laughs) It's it's that gay living. (laughs) 
Keeps you young. That's right. <laughs> I'll tell you, that penis will make you old fast. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> it ages you. <laughs> I I I'm I'm 39. I'm a breath I'm a breath away from 40. That's it. Yeah. You're that young. I thought we I were thought just you a... were Lachelle's age. Okay, you can shut up. You're... First of all, <laughs> this is good. Two. Wait, how old how old is Lachelle? Uh, what is the year? Uh, she's 40. She'll be 42 in June. Don't worry about the yes. same age. Yeah. I yeah. thought I thought you. I were... thought you were closer to her. I age. thought we I'm were born six in... years on Lachelle. I thought we were born in like the same year. I thought you were like an 82, 83 baby like me. 74 baby. I lived through the 70s. Girl, you look good. Dang, girl. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. So, anyway. So, you, so more or less, you officially came out. Yeah, I was. Like, I mean, everybody knew. And I'll tell you, because my family is all was all super Christian, whatever. And I feel like when I finally, finally just said, fuck y'all. I have found the one. I'm getting married. Like it, leave it, don't talk to me, I don't care. I feel like 99% of my family said, you know, if anybody really tried to be straight and tried to do the right thing, it was Deborah. They all gave me a pass after that. And almost everybody came to our wedding from my side of the family. Her side of the family was not quite as, because... As accepting. She... Had been married to a man, had had three babies. Yeah. So when she came out, it was huge. Like, like nobody knew. Everybody assumed about me. Hmm. I mean, I was a tomboy. I was all things. I never really had a guy around. I always had a best friend. I had all, like, I had all the stereotypes of a lesbian. Right. Right. She was married to a man and had three babies. Like, it shocked her entire family. Like, they Hmm. didn't know how to handle it. And... They were not great to her for, for a couple of years. Um, well, see, even the idea that somebody can say, "Hey, I love one human, mm-hmm. and now I love an- another human." If it's a man, it's okay. But if it's a woman, it shocks everyone. Right. That idea alone is a cultural construct. And I'm like, "Have you met me?" Of course, she fell in. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm amazing. <laughs> And see, so I, so like a couple of the questions that come to my mind are like, I think of like there's this idea of like guilt versus shame, mm-hmm. and guilt is something you do, versus shame is something you are. Okay. And you know you can feel guilty like oh you know I, you know I I accidentally ran I was borrowing a friend's car and I crashed I feel guilty versus you know I. I've been stealing from someone constantly and I'm ashamed about that Mm -hmm. because the shame associates to a character trait Mm -hmm. and guilt is just something that happened or something you did, you know, by chance, even if it was on purpose, it was just something you did Mm -hmm. and there's that separation and, you know, being gay is somebody that you are and we live, we we were raised in a shame based culture Mm -hmm. Where not only is there like sexual shame and this purity culture that, you know, you must have a clean mind. You're a filthy human being. You're absolutely filthy and dirty and God must clean you. But not only that, here you are with this idea. You're like, I I am shameful to the core of me mm-hmm. by what my religion is teaching me. But I love my religion. 
but my religion doesn't love me mm-hmm. or at least those that represent it. Right. What was that like? Like, how do you, how do you reconcile that? Because I don't know if I would be in the same place as you, because I mean, like, well, we met, you were nearly 40. Mm-hmm. I'm just learning. <laughs> just a baby. And th- that doesn't make sense to me, really. Because if if that was the case for me, I would be like, fuck every single one of you. Because I am a good person. Mm-hmm. And I didn't choose this. This is who I am. I didn't choose to be born. I didn't choose who my parents were. Mm-hmm. I didn't choose to feel this way. I didn't choose the chromosomes that were given to me. And so here I am living as authentically as I can. Mm-hmm with a religion that teaches authenticity and also rejecting me simultaneously. Right. So for most of my life, I tried to just live straight. You tried? I tried. Did you have any boyfriends? Oh, plenty. Really? Oh, yeah. And trust, like, I dig the D. I'm okay with it. I could never fall in love with a man, You just couldn't emotionally? I enjoy physically, like, being with a man, I enjoy that. All day long. Interesting. But I could never connect emotionally with a man. Interesting. Yep. So so I had plenty of boyfriends and I dated amazing men that like I wish I could have just like handed off to some of my great girlfriends mm. that were straight because they were good guys. So you probably and, broke up with them and be like, eh, well, next one. <laughs> yeah, it always broke them more than me. And that oh. was really hard, you know, because I just was trying to do the right thing. And the, it just, I, I, I couldn't. Yeah. So, um, so for a long time, I tried that, which is why I said my family was like, well, if anybody gave it their best effort, like Deborah tried really hard. And it wasn't, um, I don't know, that whole guilt and shame thing. <clears throat> Well, see, and well, I want to clarify. Shame is projection, right? Exactly. It's, it's it's not real, right? Like the shame culture that we experienced as kids growing up through that. It's not it's not real shame. Shame is a projection from somewhere else onto you. Yep. And so, like when you're going through the shame culture of you know the the religious sexual shame culture, mm-hmm. it's not. It, it's something that is built up. Yep. And it's projected and then you own it. Yep. And the and what I was gonna say is I only hindsight looking back, if I was truly honest, I feel like the only time I ever felt shame was with one church that I helped start. Hmm. Um, and I was this close to the pastors. I was their right hand woman. I did hmm. everything. It was like They knew about me. They knew I was, like, doing my best, you know, to maintain being straight. But they knew that it was something that, like, I struggled, air quotes, with. And and there was a lot of grace there for me. But in the same breath, um, that's where all the shame came from. Mm. And every time I failed. But the funny thing was, is the person I failed with every time was their other right-hand person. And she never, it was always my fault, as if I was the predator. And that's where the shame came from. I didn't, at the church we met at, I never felt shame. Hmm. uh, uh, Ever. Because I was very confident in who I was. I knew I could love Jesus and be loved by Jesus. Now I don't believe in Jesus. But at that point in time, I was like... 
I, I know he loves me for who I am. Like, I, I, I had come, finally gotten there. Mm. But that, and I and didn't. It took you a long yeah, time. And I didn't even feel shame growing up because there was a lot of confusion. Like, right, wrong, all the things, and I was trying to work things. There was only shame in that. Now, that period was, you know, a good solid 10 years, and that was rough. Yeah. And that was when I left there, you know, it was my lowest point of my life. It was, it was. Hmm. I felt like I had lost literally everything when Jeez. I when I walked away from that church. Jeez. And then the church we met at was my next church. So imagine the joy Lachelle and I were just like, oh my God, they know about us and they're still going to let us volunteer. Like, I mean, it, that's why she could stand at that door and just every person that walked in, she didn't care who they were, just grasp them and love them. And because she was, she felt loved hmm. for who she was. Only to be told, you know, a year later or however long it was, that not everybody was okay with it. So y'all gotta go. Mm. You gotta stop. Well, you don't have to go. You have to stop serving. Wow. So, you know, you'll take our gay money, but you won't take our gay time. So that's really was kind of like, what do you mean we don't have to leave? Like you're, we can't serve. Why? Why would we? St- like the point of being part of a faith community is being part of it to me anyway to serve and to serve other people that are coming and searching and, you know, in whatever manner you can. That To me, that was the whole point of church. And then you tell me I can't serve. I don't want to just sit in a pew. I want to sit at home and watch football. Mm. Drink 40s. Miller Lights. <laughs> well, you can't have heavy beer if you're going to drink 40. <laughs> no. you imagine drinking like a 40 of like Hop Slam or... <laughs> too hard I mean, i'm already nursing this one <laughs> you are nursing oh. you changed your major to nursing <laughs> i'd be making more money <laughs> anyway so that's the whole thing like there was there was actually only a small period of, small small in my almost 50 years so to me it's small but it was a long time it was rough of the shame thing and i i just didn't once i walked away from that and was like I know that if there is a God, he loves me regardless. Mm. So, but, but those years were rough. <laughs> so if, the, if there was a God, then God still loves you. Yeah, I finally got to that point. Because I, because I was like, well, if we think, so if we think God uh, can forgive and love a murderer, God knew in advance that person was going to kill somebody. So why, why is this? And then, of course, I read all the books about gays and Christianity and whatever. So that gave me a little bit more, you know, arguments on the clobber messages and whatever else I was able to just solidify in my mind. And then mm. I didn't feel like I had to argue with people anymore. No. I was just like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> I'm t- I tried too hard. I tried to be gay. Or to be gay. <laughs> I was gay. I am gay. I tried really hard to be straight. And and I just, I couldn't. You know, I think about these, these. I mean, I, I even talked about it before, like this false dichotomy. Mm-hmm. But gay and straight is a false dichotomy. Um, it's not like the idea of like, are you gay or are you straight? It is a wide spectrum. spectrum. Sure. It is a wide spectrum with, I would say, the majority of the people landing on one side or another 
and a lot of people kind of falling in the middle. Mm -hmm. Like um, it would be called what's uh, scientifically it's called a I believe a double a double Hubbard curve, where you get two mass spectrums, kind of two curves, mm -hmm. two bell curves, where you have gay and you have straight, mm -hmm. and most people fall on one or another, but with this. Huge overlap. Yeah. And if you know anything about science, there's no 100 sure. percents and there's no zero percents in anything. So would you say, um, you know, are you male? Yes, absolutely. I am male. Um, are you straight? Well, I would consider myself in the straight spectrum. Sure. Um, I would lean in that direction. Is there zero percent gay in me? Well, according to the spectrum, <laughs> the answer has to be zero, right. you know? Um, and, and so the, the idea that it's like, oh, you are either boy or girl, that's a false dichotomy. There's, sure. there, there, there is not this binary option, first of all. Now, I mean, because people are like, first, you know, they're like, oh, well, is XX or XY? And I'm like, well, what about XXX? What about that one? Or what about XXY or XYY? Right. Or what about... Uh, the the one in every thirteen hundred children that are born sexually ambiguous because there is a uh, seven point scale of sexual ambiguity. Sure, you know, like is it, I mean, you want to get into it's like is that a micro penis or just a very large clitoris? Right, we don't, doctors don't know. It's right. not like they're testing chromosomes when you come out, and so they are assigning genders. Yeah, at birth. Yeah, and it, like sometimes, like sometimes there's a penis with a slit underneath. In a hole, and they're like, we don't know what's going on right. down here, right? And they're and and in society, something in society has told them they can't just leave it ambiguous. They have to assign. It has to be left or right. It has right. to be boy or girl. It has to be gay or straight, because those are the parameters that fit ideologicals right. or ideological frameworks yeah. that were built into the patriarchy of our society. It all stems back to dominant versus submissive. Man versus woman, you know, like it all, it, it's this left first. It, it's if you can create divide, then you can conquer a nation. If you can create divide, mm -hmm. then you can control the people. Sure. And But if you create ambiguity, then nobody really knows how to control that because it's never happened before. But the human dynamic, the human complex is it's so dynamically diverse. Right. And it's so incredibly complex. I mean, like if the proteins aren't released at a certain time in the zygote in the first six weeks that that little embryo is growing, it, if the proteins aren't released, then that's not going to turn out to be male, even if it's XY. Right. Like it, this is how dynamically complex these things are. And what, what affects that? No one knows. It's just by chance. Right. And so here we are sitting with somebody and like, and, and we obviously have like phenotypes and genotypes and, but like sexual orientation is something that's not even associated with that stuff right. and something that science can't really even speak to. Like, why is somebody, uh, why is their sexual orientation one way or another? Nobody really knows the complexities of how orientation is establishing mm -hmm. itself until you look at the Animalia kingdom. Right. And like, like monkeys are butt fucking all day long and then going and hanging out and having consensual hetero monkey sex, you know? And it's, it's like, you, you I see it. I to be a monkey. 
Bonobos like say hi with a hand job. Like it, it is, it is like the sexual fluidity yeah. among bonobos are so crazy. Now, like chimps and uh, gorillas are a little less, but like bonobos are so wildly sexual. It's crazy. Um, that's why I, like we kind of fit in between like chimps and bonobos. But um, sounds about right. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, but it's so this idea that like humans are super unique is it's false yeah and, and and it's it's false to think like oh we don't see any you know uh homosexuality in in animals yet we do every literally everywhere yeah. uh, among every single uh um not the asexual reproduct mm-hmm. re- reproducers but right. any any mammal that sexually reproduces you see homosexuality and it's not because they're like you know i'm attracted to uh, you know a, a female, or I want a penis in me. It's 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 just a response to a sexual stimulation, right. and so now we have these complex dynamics, humans, and all of a sudden we have something called like an attraction, mm-hmm. and we know it's built in our psyche as as you know from the animalia kingdom, but we don't understand what guides us towards one or another, and it, it it's still we still don't know to this sure. day. So that entire idea should be regarded as 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 sacred, and each one should be in and of itself this beautiful idea. And it doesn't matter. Like yours should be yours, and it should be guarded right. and sacred. And the fact that the church has literally anything to say about it right. is is so disregarding and so dishumanitarian. Like you are reducing the human to what you think it should be based on script from thousands of years ago. Right. Let's pull you in to modern day and let's just say, hey, let's be good people. Yeah. You are showing up. You are helping. You are serving the community. You're a loving human being. I don't care what or who you are fucking. Right. Let's just be because good I people. didn't ever ask that pastor what they were doing, and honestly, when we were going to church there, we had three children that were like I don't remember what year that was, but they were like ten and under. If you think much is fucking happening <laughs> with three ten and unders, oh man. We're just basically roommates, bro. <laughs> that happen to like each other. <laughs> right. Hey, let's kiss. Right. The kids, the kids are outside. Want to make out? Because that's all we you got, had time we got 40 for. 40 seconds. Right. Take your pants Jeez. off. <laughs> and they had kids. I was like, you know what it's like when you got a bunch of little kids. Like, now is not even the time to, like, judge us. Yeah. <laughs> so you so you went from after after the fallout at journey you went and decided to create yes your own church yep it was a it was a little bit after that maybe a year and I was like well let's get together it started like let's do a little book club or something started reading some controversial Rob Bell oh God <laughs> oh Almighty <my> goodness <laughs> when Rob Bell is controversial you know right you know, they know how <laughs> How conservative we were. Because like I, I read Rob Bell now and I'm like, eh. It, right. <laughs> right. A little too conservative for yeah. me. Yeah. And so then, you know, there was quite a few, quite a bit of interest. Yeah. And so then we. It started growing. Yep. 
So we just start. And you are pasta dab. <laughs> pasta. <laughs> I was like, you can't call me pasta. Call me pasta. Pasta. That's what my shot glass said. Pasta. <laughs> and then you started doing these um, uh, storytellers. Yeah, we and, did that. Yep. And uh, and the, the name of your church was One Love. Just One Love. One Love, which is appropriate. Mm-hmm. And it was downtown Lansing. And I went a few times, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's, well, I, I actually have video of being there. Mm. Yeah, it was one of the last times I was there. I took a video. Yeah. It went it was, I don't know, 3 4 years we did that and What was that experience for you? Well, my so in the second grade when I wanted to kiss that woman, yeah. that girl, um like Bo and Hope did on Days of Our Lives. Um I also the only thing I ever wanted to be was a pastor. I remember you telling me that. Right. So my whole life, that was my my whole goal in life. Mm. So um, I had been a part of a church, and then that church that had been a very long, 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 long established church in Lansing uh, fell apart, and um, I kind of left with the associate pastor who was starting a Bible study in her house, and I was dating her best friend behind the curtains right Yikes. and um anyway she left and moved to atlanta and then i was like you know what i'm not married i don't have any children i've always wanted to go to bible school so i quit my very lucrative job and <laughs> went to tulsa to bible school wow and then came back to help start this and they church did, they didn't know who didn't know tulsa bible tulsa school. knew that there was a past Oh. And that was actually a bad mistake to tell them that there was a past oh, yeah. because then I couldn't get a job as a janitor <sighs> at their school because I had a history of homosexuality. Well, a murderer could. <laughs> yeah, a murderer could. So, oh, and the guy that got the job, um, well, anyway. <laughs> Should we not? I had sex with him the night before school started, but whatever. Oh. He was a hoe. My <laughs> so gosh! After we had drunk and smoked cigarettes, but it's okay though because it's, it's okay because it it's heterosexual. So anyway, um, came back, helped start this church. Uh, what was the whole point of that? Oh, so I'd always wanted to be a pastor. So doing one love, I was like, I have arrived. Like this is what I've always wanted to do. Like mm. I was so so happy and so so fulfilled. And we hooked up with a church in Tennessee in Franklin. Um, whose pastor had just come out and said, we're going to be fully inclusive. And they let us stream their services because I wasn't in a place to like fully pastor and share sure. church and whatever. And so um, I preached a couple times and then we'd stream their services. You know, sometimes we use their music, whatever. Like we had a great relationship with them. They were wonderful, wonderful people. And then... Um, Boy, they just kind of took this route, and they were really delving into um, just Christianity, that there's a spectrum that people believe in. You know, some people believe that Jesus wasn't really real and that the Bible is just a guide, you know? And I was like, whoa, what? What? Earth was created in seven days. There was a flood. Jonah was in the whale. Hold your crazy horses down there with your progressive selves. And I was like, 
what have we gotten ourselves into? And then I started listening and then I started asking questions and it was a very quick, well, t in my mind it felt right. I mean, it was a couple years, but after 40 years of believing all of this, so, like it, it seemed to like crumble so fast. And then you told a story about that Egyptian person Jorge, Horatio, Hor <laughs> Horace, Horace, or something. And I was like, God damn it, Mark. And you it listened messed to the, up. You listened I, to the podcast. Uh, and, and there was so many things that just boom, boom. And see, it just the, the funny thing, crumbled after that. See, the funny thing is, th that was in the podcast, right? Yeah. So the funny thing is, um, I always warn people when listening <laughs> to my deconstruction story is, where are you? Sure in your faith because if you're stable in your faith and you're not asking any questions and you hear that you're going to shrug it off. Yeah. But if you're in a place of asking questions, I have a friend who um, is stable in her faith and she heard the episode and she basically said, and I'm sorry if, if I don't want to speak for you, uh, Jen, I love you. <laughs> um, but she said this, that's really interesting stuff and she had a lot of questions, but it didn't unravel her faith. Um, because her faith is solid. And I was strong. already unraveling. So you already, you already had the predisposed <laughs> questions yeah. that were locked and loaded. Mm -hmm. You needed. It, it, it was kind of like you had the flint, and you had the gunpowder, and you had the bullet, and it was packed, and you just needed, you just needed a strike. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah. So there was there was that. A couple of things that the church had, the pastor had been talking about, whatever, and I just started to very quickly. De that was twenty eighteen. Yeah, it was it was fast. Like I went twenty fourteen, twenty eighteen. I think twenty nine. Yeah, I don't even think we made it to twenty nineteen. No, with because, one love. Yeah. Well, th that that was uncensored Christian episode, like four or five and six or something like that. Yeah. And that that was that was mine. That was twenty eighteen. May yeah, it was end of twenty eighteen. And so. then I was really concerned about people. So, growing up, I you know well not growing up, but more like when in college, you know, I met people that really decided they didn't really believe and whatever. And I was so scared for their souls. <laughs> you know, like they're gonna go to hell. And like it was very upsetting to me when people left the faith. Like, it, I was so worried about them. And so when I was like, oh, shit, I don't believe any of this. I don't want to terrify the people who still believe. Mm. And, and I'm like this leader, right? Mm. And so I really was very vague when I quit, uh, when I stopped One Love. I, I was honest. I had been doing that, and I was working, and I had also picked up a part-time job to pay off some bills and to take Lachelle on a vacation. So I was working three jobs. I just basically said I was burned out. I'm tired. I'm quitting that job. I'm do not going to do one love. We may resume at some point in time. I don't know. That was dishonest. I knew we weren't. But, you know, and then, and then, and, and everybody kind of like was like, oh, okay, I get that. And then the one person other than my wife that I knew would understand, I was honest with her, Jen, who you've yeah, met. And she her. was very much. Uh, I love her. I love her too. And she was deconstructing at the same pace as I was. I haven't so. seen her since Storytellers. Yeah. 
She's great. She's How's she doing? doing? She's doing great. Doing. Yeah. Jen, if you're listening to this, shout out. <laughs> shout out, Jen. Love you. Yeah, but she deconstructed very quickly with me. Um, and then later, people started to kind of find out, you know, they'd see Facebook posts like, God isn't real. Jesus isn't shit. I hate it. You know, and I was like, they were like, oh, so um, when love isn't coming back. <laughs> and there were people that really did struggle. And I finally had to sit down and talk with them. And I felt really bad. And I was like, listen, I don't think I'm going to hell. Um, I appreciate your faith and I appreciate your beliefs. And I think you should, you know. Continue. Yeah. Do your thing. It's no longer for me. Mm. And, 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 you know, I know sometimes the pendulum swings extreme. Yeah. When you've been hurt and or you oh, or you feel like you've see, learned the truth or whatever else, and you know it maybe it'll come back in the middle. Boy, I don't think it's gonna. My well, it mother would love for it to come back because she is worried about my soul. Well, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't have to. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people think of a pendulum like why did it swing, and that's because it was being held up right yeah. mm-hmm. on one side, typically by sticks. And when the sticks begin to break and you realize how fragile the system actually is mm-hmm. that is being held up, all the circle reasoning, all the things, you know, that kind of circle back on itself on how it's all structured. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible is true because the, the Bible says it's true, stuff right. like that, you know. And you realize that the sticks holding the pendulum are actually quite fragile and, and all it takes is a stiff breeze. Yeah. And then the sticks break and the pendulum swings hard. Yeah. And it goes to the other side and it stays and the harder the swing, the harder the stay, right? Um, and I found myself, or it's funny enough, I, I don't think I've ever told you this. Granted, you might know it from the podcast. <laughs> like, I was leading worship as an atheist. Yeah, I remember listening to that, and, and I was like, oh, I wish I would have known. Yeah, no, I, my, <laughs> not even Juge knew. Um, oh, wow. Um, I deconstructed alone for a long time at first, and then she knew something was off. Um, cause she, she knows me, she knew sure. me. And so I started sharing with her what I was going through and I was super honest and it unraveled her faith. And so when it was like my faith and her faith, and that was like the last real bond that we had was mm-hmm. the bond of faith. And after that, it was hard to maintain sure. a marriage. Um, and still love her to this day. I actually just talked to her a little bit ago. Um, maybe like a week ago, a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to you, Juge, if you're ever hey, listening to this. Juge. I don't. Think she would ever listen to this podcast, no. but if she does, I got nothing but love for her. And, Me too. Um, and uh, I actually saw her over Christmas uh, at Journey. And I, yeah, I'd like to revisit. I'd like to go back to why you've been there. Where? Where? I need to know. So, so to, to be clear, um, I'm not a big fan of the pastor. Okay. Um, oh, because it is a new pastor. That's right. Yeah, his okay. name is Jared, and okay. I think he's a nice guy. <laughs> to be um, clear, I'm not a big fan. Of the well, I'm, a, I'm an honest guy. And Ben's listening to this. Ben, you you are arguably my favorite person at that church, and has been for a decade. I love you, dude. You're the best. Um, but uh, Jared, I'm not I'm not a really huge fan of because uh, I, he doesn't stay in his lane. Yeah. Uh, he is ridiculously smart. Okay. And that comes to his detriment. He's, he talks on things he's not educated in, and um, that's a problem for me. Gotcha. Um, if you are super educated theologically, then talk to me about theology, but don't talk to me about biology. And oh. don't talk to me about 
um, human genomes and don't yeah. talk to me about the complexities of those things and tie them into theology. <laughs> That's where I have an issue because you are bridging gaps yeah. where no bridges exist. Mm -hmm. And that's where I have issues. Um, and uh, he, it, there was a couple other things. Um, even recently, he said that God's love is conditional. And I just, it, it, like, I've tried to give him a couple of chances. And um, so now what I do is I go back and I sit for the worship. Okay. Because Blake and Alex, um, Blake Kane, Blake and Alex Kane. Um, you remember Alex? She was uh, coming yes, in. Yes, I do. She was being, I, yes, I, Alex, amazing, if you're listening, I love you as well. Amazing yes. fucking human. I yep. love you so, so, so much. Yep. They're incredible. They incredible. Yep. And I love them so much. Okay. And um, I go, and worship does something to my soul. It always has. I can't even pretend that it's like real or fake. All I know is my the response I feel is real. Oh boy, I feel like I might have needed to hear that because it's a real thing. Yeah. E even if I understand the biological response to human emotion. Yep. And I mean, I'm gonna end up doing this episode. I haven't done it yet, <coughs> but I'm gonna do an episode on um, spiritual manipulation. Well, and you've talked about it. I'm going to do it. I it, the reason I haven't done it yet is because. It's heavy, yeah, and it's sensitive, yes, and it it's like my entire psyche is built around like being able to manipulate people's emotional mm -hmm. structure mm -hmm. because if I can manipulate how you feel, then I can control everything. Yep, and I can and I I can feed you. Um, bits of information that go right to your heart and mm -hmm. go right to your like to to the cognitive part of your brain, the subcognitive part of your brain that begins to build and uh, that big uh, that builds an uh, um, an identity. And so, if I can break down, I mean, because th th this is all what worship is sure. like people come in from all different sorts of structures and different classes and different days and you know some people had a bad day some people had a good day some people just had sex some people just fought they're, mm -hmm. they're coming in all across some people are, are are very wealthy and some people are barely making it by mm -hmm. all in the same room mm -hmm. and i have three songs to get the room to that nice boiling temperature so that way the pastor can come in and flavor the soup just the way he wants so that way it tastes perfectly and that's my job and a really good worship pastor knows how to spiritually, but also uh, cognitively manipulate the emotional response. And it, like, it, again, the manipulation isn't a bad thing. We're just talking about guided change here. Sure. Like I know how to guide, I know how to, I can change your feelings. I can guide them. It's the same as somebody who's leading meditation. Exactly. exactly. That's manipulation. Yep. But mm -hmm. not in a bad sense. Right. We're taught that the manipulation is a bad thing. It's not. Right. It's just guided you. change. Yep. Um, so yeah, like like uh, like guided a meditation is exactly the same mm -hmm. thing. Arguably, worship is is they do a better job because I <laughs> because it's music. Like <laughs> yeah. I I go in and I'm like like I'll I'll be singing to myself and this is actually I, I laugh at myself when this happens like Blake will be singing and like he'll hit a loud note like a loud note and like the raspiness in the voice and he comes out and I go oh fuck that's good <laughs> in church yeah and then but then a part of me goes oh 
I shouldn't have said that. And then I'm like, why shouldn't I have said that? Yeah, that was fucking good. <laughs> all in church, all in the same like three seconds. Because I'm like, fuck is a word. That's right. We just made it up. And all of us collectively have agreed it's a bad word. I stub my toe and say, ah, oh, fuck. But if I look at you and say you're a piece of trash human, which is which is worse, right? right? Like let let's get to let's get to grips on what is good and what is bad, you know. So let's all collectively say fuck and be okay with it. So I was in church and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, that's good. And and so, but that's what happens. Like they they sing these songs and I feel moved, sure. even if I know it's fake and they're manipulating me. I'm good with it. And so, oh, I don't know if I could do that. It, but but it there's something about it and and maybe it's just because it was the way I was raised yeah and 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 because I spent 10 years traveling and playing music and on mm-hmm. interface and mm-hmm. writing songs and like I had a song that was that went more or less you know, like old school viral like I like th- there's still churches that play my songs especially down in Florida mm-hmm. you know um Chris Tomlin covered my song at one point in time like that 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 shit does something sure. to you yeah. and it changes you to hear when you play a song and you hear people sing your words mm-hmm. and what can, that changes you. So it's like built into the fabric of who I am. Mm-hmm. That, that was real. It didn't just because I fell out of faith doesn't make that not real and mm-hmm. what happened, not real. So I show up and I'm like, I know they're manipulating me and I'm good with it Yeah, be, okay. because of my consciousness, because I'm, I'm consciously aware of what's happening. Okay. And then I go and I'm like, yeah, that's really good. And then the moment worship is over, I slip mm-hmm. into the back and I sit with Alex and we and we just talk and laugh for the entire service uh, <laughs> back in like the audio room, that's wherever awesome. they're streaming the service. And then I leave and I'm like, that's church. Okay. I'm moved from some music. I connect with a human or two and I leave. And and like even on the episode where I was with Tom and Pete, like one of the last things they said is <laughs> they're like, <laughs> you don't you don't need preaching. And I was like, no, no. Yeah. I was like, I don't think anyone really needs preaching. Like people need love. Yeah. People need to be loved relentlessly. Yeah. And that's Blake and that's Alex and that's Ben Charteau and the Charteau family, honestly. Like Amanda's like that mm-hmm. too. And I'm not unsure if you feel the same way, but I, I'll speak on behalf of me and be like, Ben has, like Ben listens to these podcasts mm-hmm. and with all of my foul mouth and foulness and all the questions I have, and he has been nothing but love. And I'm like, that is an example of a Christian to me. Sure. Um, somebody that knows you. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, of course I love you. Right. No questions. No res- no reservations. No expectations. Of course I love you. And that's been Blake and Alex, too. It's mm. just been like, yeah, of course. Like, th- they don't require me. That's the fridge. That's the fridge. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, but that's, yeah, like, yeah. If, if you were to define what Christ should have always been in the form of a human, it's just like, yeah, of course I love you. Mm-hmm. Why do you ask? Of course I do. Yeah, I, I, I know you fucked up, but that's okay. I'm, I fucked up too. Of course I love you. You want to come over? You want to watch a movie? Are you okay? Yeah. Do you need something? Do you need anything? Right. Are you okay? Of course I love you. That is what defined a Christian for me. Mm-hmm. And they do a great job with that. I still don't define myself as a Christian because I don't like the connotation that this world gives. Yeah. But that I could be associated with that. Sure. As I think you could too. Yeah. 
It's just everybody that I know that does that for me currently has since deconstructed and <laughs> no longer considers themselves a Christian. You know, but I there there are times when um I'm so like amazed that that you go there because I have um sometimes visceral unpleasant reactions if I have to go into a church for a funeral, yeah. a wedding. Yeah. Like I've literally had to leave places and I w- went in with no assumptions that this would be hard. Somebody has passed or somebody's getting married. Yeah. This is great and then fell apart hmm. and have had to um my first reaction to that was right after I deconstructed and I might not even been yeah, I think it was. Anyway, Carson was playing baseball, and the only place they could find to do their little um, championship dinner thing was at the church that mm. the peep that the coaches went to. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be in a church. So we're just driving to this little banquet. He's like 10. Hmm. And we pull up, and I have a complete meltdown. And she drops Carson off, and I am cussing her out. Why the fuck didn't you tell me this was at a church? And she was like... It's a baseball banquet. What is your problem? And I mean, I just lost my shit. Wow. Like I, I could not even enjoy it. Wow. And it wasn't even in the sanctuary. It was in like some other. <laughs> I did not want to walk into that church. Like I was so hurt, and so there was so much that wow. came forward wow. that I didn't even know was there. You know, wow. I mean, the, the years of therapy. Like, I should be billing some churches for this shit that, you know, this stuff I had to go through just, especially once I left the the church that I was really, really a part of as an adult. That was where, that broke yeah. Deborah. And that's when I started therapy. Yeah. I woke up one day and I was naked and there was a missing mattress <laughs> in my house. What? <laughs> it was on the floor. There was furniture missing out of my house, and I was naked. I had blacked out, and I had apparently, I can only assume, in a fit of rage, thrown all my furniture that I could fit down the basement steps. And I woke up, and my house was destroyed. Like, somebody had come and just... But I was drunk and high and angry, and and I was like, I should probably seek some help. (laughs) And I, I found a therapist after that. She's been lovely. <laughs> I'm doing much better now. But yeah, it was a mess. Everyone needs therapy, by the way. It's good. I'm not saying it's this hard. to you. I'm saying this to everyone yeah, listening. It's hard, everyone but it, it is good. But it is hard if you really want to do it. Yeah. So anyway, um, so I, I applaud you for going because I, I really don't. And I, boy, well, it took I, me a I long loved time. worship. I loved well, see, music I'm, and all Well, see, I'm, I'm further out than you. Yeah. I deconstructed in 2013. Yeah. And this is 2020. It was, so it was 2021. I went for, <laughs> so it was so wild. I went for um, Christmas Eve service okay. and Juge was there, <laughs> who was also going for the first time That's in a decade. Fantastic. And, and I'm like, God, hey, girl. <laughs> I, this is this, if this is some weird joke, I, if this is, I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, the world is full of strange synchronicities. And that being one of them was very strange. I bet. And immediately everyone that's listening is like, 
so of course you two reconnected, right? <laughs> no, we did not. We have continued to not communicate. Um, although I did invite her to come on to the podcast. She is a somatic therapist. She is almost finished with her studies. I'm um, excited about that. Incredible human being. Like, I'm so proud of the person she is becoming and has mm. become. Um, she ran, like, this uh, really, really fun um, LCC, uh, who's that star or whatever. She was, like, mm-hmm. a radio host for a little mm-hmm. while. And I was like, oh, my God, she has a great voice for radio. I would love to have her on and talk about somatic therapy if this is something she'd be interested in doing. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to work out. But um, it was weird because she was there. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> it was so strange. I was sitting there and it was like, all right, go find somebody to say hi. And I turn around and she's like, I thought that was you. And I was like, huge. <laughs> I gave her a hug. I was like, you look great. I was like, it's good to see you. I have a bunch of tattoos. I'm a heathen now. It's good to see you. I wear glasses sometimes. I was wearing glasses. And um, it was really good to see her. And, um, and, I'm, I'm nine years out. Yeah. You're four years out, three years out. Take your time. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because it's been the best three years of my life. I can't tell you the amount of, it it was for me too. Like the peace and the, I don't, I'm not worried about nothing. It was for me too. (laughs) Fucking wake up and have shots. I can. If I want to have all the sex in the world, gay sex in the world, I can. Like, I literally am just like, this is awesome. Life could have been this good all along. It was this good. (laughs) Was it? But you just (laughs) saw it through the eyes of someone else. And so, I, it was for me too. Okay. 2015, 16, and 17 were some of the most healing years of my life ever. And that was right on, you know, that was right following my, uh, my deconstruction. My deconstruction was like 2013. I got a divorce in 2014. 2015, I drove the country for like 26 days to kind of reevaluate who I was as a person. And like I, I drove from here south to Texas, out to California, and up the coast. Like, Where's Mark going? <laughs> Is he coming back? Is he ever coming back? <laughs> Maybe. And who knows? And and those years were some of the most formative years of my life, emotionally, mm-hmm. mentally. I felt like I called Juge my my jailbreaker. She broke me out of the jail cell that I was living in my whole life, and it only happened upon the demise of our marriage. Sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so thankful for who she was because she pulled me to here. And, but it's taken me to this point to, to go back to a church, to be able to see it um, for what it isn't. Um, and for, mm. for, for a long time, I couldn't do that. Okay. So uh, take your time because uh, my sister actually said this recently about tragedy. Um, I, strangely, actually, we're on the eve of my mom's one-year passing anniversary. Um, she passed one year tomorrow okay. and, um, strange that you're coming here tonight. <laughs> uh, you're designed to be here. It's like God wanted you to be here tonight. Um, <laughs> my sister told me, uh, she said this a while back. Um, she said when a tragedy happens in emotionally, it's really big. 
in, mm-hmm. in your brain, in your heart. Um, it's a really big time stamp. And it's not that time heals the wounds. It's that enough events happened between that event and the current time that the event become, begins to become smaller and mm. smaller and smaller. And then over a certain amount of time, enough things have passed between that thing and the current thing that's happening mm-hmm. to where it doesn't feel as big or as overwhelming or as hurtful or as it, it doesn't have the gravitational pull that it once did. Mm-hmm. And I can enter Journey Life Church because enough time has passed and enough gotcha. things have passed. Um, you know, I've loved someone wholly with every part of me. Um, something that I'm, I, I, one of the biggest regrets of my life is I didn't allow Juge to love me wholly. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved her and she loved me, but I didn't allow her to love me, sure. which is complex. And I allowed someone to love me and I allowed myself to be broken. And I've traveled and I've grown and I can see people as they are. And I want to know the complexities of this universe and all of these things have happened. And now I can go back and say enough things have happened between sure. myself and the time when things fell apart for me to go back and say, I didn't love all of it, but there was something that was special that was there. Mm-hmm. And maybe I can experience a shadow of that specialness, sure. those special things. And to be able to just listen to the music and maybe yeah. sip up a little bit of that and then, <laughs> and then leave. It's not like, I, and I don't leave there feeling like, oh, God really reached into my sure. soul. It's sure. just, it's almost like a, a resonance from a previous life. Okay. And it, it, it feels good. I wouldn't go if it didn't feel good. And I actually haven't been there. I know. Like, I believe that. And, I, and I, it has been about a month since I've been there. It's due. I'm due. I should probably go someday. <laughs> I, I, I need to ask you for forgiveness. It's been a long time. There's <laughs> been a lot of masturbation between the last time I asked Jesus to forgive me. Get on that. <laughs> I need to get on that. <laughs> so when you're ready uh. in the next six to nine years... <laughs> You want to roll Ooh. in through those doors. I ha- I have found that I have a side to me that I didn't know was there. Um, it really likes to um, fuck with pr- people and stir the pot. If you want to show up with a shirt that says, the gay friend. <laughs> like Easter, right? <laughs> I'm the one that posts... Things oh, of course. like the hand cookie with the jam in the oh, middle that, that says really... nailed it. Nailed. And, <laughs> that um, was awesome. When people say to me, he is risen, and I say, that's what she said. <laughs> and, you know, my my joke, my Good Friday joke is Jesus walks into a hotel and slams down three nails and says, can you put me up for the night? It's like, <laughs> it pisses people off so bad and I'm like yes I don't know why I thrive off of that oh. right now at this point you don't know why well, I, I can, mean pre- I, I do, could take a pretty good guess like, on why like like my daughter Chelsea was like came over on Good Friday she I don't know she was she just stops by and does her homework sometimes which is wonderful I love it 
But she's like, so Easter's coming. How many people are you going to try to piss off this Sunday? I was like, she's only 20. She's not even 20. She's 19. And she knows this. I'm like, oh, God, Deborah. Yeah. That's where I am. I'm I'm also there. (laughs) Just not actively interactive with the people. How many times can I make my mother just... See, I like that. I I, I read those things and I'm like, <laughs> right? That's, that's it's funny. funny. It's funny. It's funny. Of course, of course, it's funny. Funny. I don't know why you clutch your pearls. <laughs> you've been you've been on a four day bender, Mom. Go ahead and clutch your pearls with my Jesus joke. <laughs> you know, I didn't even know it was Easter on Easter. I was I was out for a really long walk. I try to go on long walks on Sundays. And uh, I was out on a long walk. I was, I did, I think I did like 10 miles. Um, oh, so a on, really long walk. Yeah. yeah Not yeah. just like a long Yeah, it was like, th- it, was, it was like oh. three, it was just over three hours. I was out for just over three hours. Wow. And I did like this big loop around um, uh, super conservative Southern Lansing <laughs> Holt area yeah. where there's, I, I, I passed like. Oh, you passed my old 40 church. 40 churches. Yeah. In Holt, certainly it's crazy. past my old church. There's so many churches, and every every start. corner, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. um, and in every single every single um, uh, parking lot was like jam packed full, and I was like, I was like, are is all of is, is all of South Central Michigan just coming to Christ today? Like, what is going? And then I see these signs that are like, it's like Happy Easter, and I was like, I was like, oh shit. He, he 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 is risen. He is not has, not two thousand years ago. He currently still is. He's rising like that bread ain't rised yet. It it is rising. Yeah, is I never understood that. Is I, is risen? I don't know. Risen is I past just tense. hope he prayed is, after is he mastered <laughs> After he was risen, risen, I hope he prayed for salvation. Risen is a past tense. Do you know that? Do you know why they say this? I don't. I need Tom Pfeiffer. I know you're listening to this. Text me right now and respond, please. And tell me the theology behind why do people say is, which is a current tense with risen, which is a past tense. That makes no sense. No. And and it's, they say it with such like boast. He is risen. (laughs) Like, well, he did. Like two thousand years ago, if you want to believe that ideology, so he rose, bro. That's the statement. Jesus rose because he's still alive today. That's why. Yeah. Well, I, if I get off the ground, I rose myself off the ground. It doesn't. I'm. I am not risen. Like Mark is risen. No, Mark has risen from the ground and is now currently mm-hmm. sitting on a chair. There's. Whoever is listening to this, please just go to my site and help me out here. I went to Bible college, and they never taught me this. This is theology terminology, and yeah. it just bothers me. It bothered me when I was a Christian, but I never said anything because I never said it. I never wanted to stir the pot. But guess yeah. what? Give me that. Give me that spatula. <laughs> okay, I have some questions for you. Is there a pause in this? No, there's no pause. There's no way to pause this? Yeah, there's lots of ways to pause it. Can not... you pause it? Nah. I have to pee so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go. I'm going to pull up some questions. Okay. 
And I'm over here dancing in my chair. I'm like, I'm gonna have to pee. Where's the bathroom? That, that, that. You'll find it. <laughs> it, it when I pee in your bed. <laughs> This is already recorded. Yes. <laughs> okay. Give questions. Yeah, there's no soap in that bathroom, so I know there you. Didn't, is soap. I know you didn't wash your there's hands. There's a bar <laughs> and a pump. Yeah. Okay. So I have a I have a list of questions, and I call it questions for strangers. Okay. And I'm gonna give you three of them. But I'm not a stranger. Um, it's one through fourteen. And you get to pick three of the questions. Oh, okay. Out of one through fourteen. So you can you can name. Uh, so you pick a number between one through fourteen. And you're gonna do it three times, and I I get to ask you the questions. Okay. And uh and yeah. So pick a number. Three. Three. What is the single most important thing to make a relationship work with someone? Mm. I want to say communication, but honestly, I feel like if you can make each other laugh. Mm. Lachelle and I have been connected at the hip because mm. we both work from home mm. since March of wow. 2020. Oh, for two and years. Wow. And I, 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 I thought we were not going to make it. But I tell you, we laugh all the time we laugh at each other we laugh at ourselves mm. and so communication is important but man if, if some for me if somebody can't make me laugh and make me laugh all because that is that is my that's my happy like literally i want to laugh yeah i don't watch dramas i don't watch like comedy life is hard enough yeah i don't want to be entertained by drama i like comedy so if you can make me laugh like i'm we're gonna work Hmm. That's that's what to me that's what makes us work is hmm. we laugh at each other we laugh at ourselves we laugh together hmm. so solid I like that hmm. I just think it's really good sex <laughs> <laughs> well once again and when also, you have children also we want remember to lick the bee hole <laughs> it's a very important key factor it is. a lot of people don't don't know this listen 
I'm right there with you. We're old. (laughs) We know these things. Listen to you youngins. Listen, if you're 22 and and you're like, they don't like that. No, they do. They just don't. They just don't want to say it. And they don't know they like it yet. Right. So you got to surprise them when they're a little drunk. Yep. And then when you're going down, you just go more down. (laughs) Whoopsie doozy. Michelle and I are going to write a book. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be called The Art of the Silent Orgasm. Because when you have three children. Oh, my gosh. You have to. It never, (gasps) ever gets to come out. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The Art of the The Silent. That's brilliant. I would read that. Mm -hmm. And then I would want to try it. Well, and it would probably just be a lot of stories of how many times we tried to have sex. I mean, like, I'm not. the kids were around. (laughs) Yeah, probably. And we're just like, what the (laughs) Well, see, the funny thing is, I'm not like a super audible guy. I give like a hug it, hug it, and that's about that's about it. <laughs> fantastic, Mark. But now I want to be like, I wonder if if I could be. I wonder if, if it would you make it. it in. I wonder if it would make intense. it better. Now you're talking. Mm-hmm. You hear that, ladies? <laughs> if any one of you four that are listening. <laughs> Want to try it out? <laughs> Hit me up. Okay, pick a number. All right. One through uh, 14. One through 14. The next number will be 11. 11. Do you consider yourself to be smarter than your friends? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I feel like I am the dumbest person <laughs> in every group I am part of. But I will say this. I love really hard, and my love language is to... Um, I love to take care of people. I love to feed people. I love to like just and 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 that's what I'm good at. You I sound don't like you're a two on the Enneagram. I don't know what I am. Yeah, you probably are. Um, you know, I'm not a s I don't feel like I'm a smart person by mm-hmm. any I mean, I don't think I'm dumb, but I don't I'm not an intellectual. But man, I love to take care of people. Mm. And I think that's why people love me. Because people love to be cared for. Mm. So I get fed emotionally or mentally or you know stimulated i mean you're so smart <laughs> like every time you talk i'm like sometimes i'm like mm-hmm. i bet he i know he's right i'm not and then sometimes i'm like oh i understand that but but you're so smart and i'm just like well thank you oh, I, I love it <laughs> i always approach everything with the predisposition that i'm wrong like, I'm probably wrong at this. Well, then I'm wrong, too, because I'm just repeating what Mark said. My friend Mark said. <laughs> he's probably wrong. But he said. But he said this. That, that is a, 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 I would a prefer that because <laughs> okay. I probably am wrong. I was wrong in my religion. Yeah, but you know what you years. weren't wrong about? I might be wrong now. Right, but remember that one time when we had dinner on Valentine's Day and you told yeah. me that if I just kept telling myself that I was smart, that I was worthy, that I was loved. <laughs> I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Keep. I don't think you were wrong. Keep going. There's a lot of truth in that. There is a lot of truth in that. It's called the cascade availability. Yeah. Yep. Train your mind. Manipulate That's right. it. That's right. Love yourself. That's right. You and that? I am worthy. You God are. damn it. Yep. I might not I'm be s- smart like you said <laughs> I was, but God damn it, I'm worthy. <laughs> I actually just bought myself a sticker that says you are enough and I put it on my review mirror and it's like in, it looks like script. Somebody wrote mm-hmm. it and I still struggle with that, but that's something I'm still working on and uh, I'll always be working on that. 
Yep. Which is funny because to me, you are so much more than enough. Yeah. Like I like like I value our friendship, even though we we may not talk much, we hardly ever see each other. I mean, when was the last time we saw each other? Many years ago. Yeah. I just I value everything that mm-hmm. comes out of your mouth. Well, I appreciate. It. Well, you're mm-hmm. a core you're a core friend. Like I I know at any given time, I could text you about anything, and I know you'll be there. Absolutely. A hundred percent. That's a core friend. Yep. Yep. There's I have very few of those. But you'll always be one of those. That makes me. Yeah. All right. Two two last questions for you. Yep. Um, one, what would you say to someone who might be going through something that you went through in your life? Maybe they're at different stages. Um, uh, if they are homosexual and they are finding themselves in the church, they feel like they need to be there. They want to be there. They don't feel comfortable, or maybe they're deconstructing, or maybe they've completely deconstructed, and they're just like, fuck everything. What do you say to, the, to those people? How, how, would you, how would you talk to them? How would you address them? Well, it's hard, because if, if, if they're completely deconstructing, I feel like get the fuck out <laughs> as fast as you can. If you feel like you need to be there, though, there, there really are churches um, that, that are, are fully inclusive. I didn't feel like I fit in those because I wasn't raised in those types of churches. I was raised in what what would be called what a spirit-filled church, you know, with the clapping and the praise and worship and not the hymns and whatever else. And so I just never felt like I fit in those churches. And most of the churches that are fully inclusive really are those churches that are a little bit more old school with the hymns and whatever. And my thing is, is if you have to be, if you feel like you still need to be in a church and you are gay, even if it's not your vibe, find a church that will fully embrace you. Yeah. Because even if it's just not how you were raised or that's not your vibe, to be accepted is worth more than hand clapping during your singing. Yeah. It, it's it's life-saving sometimes. Mm. Mm. It's either get out or find a place where you're accepted. To stay in a place where you are not fully embraced, it may be okay now, but eventually I feel like it is life ending. Mm -hmm. That's a very strong statement, but that's firmly what Mm -hmm. I believe. If I were to turn that microphone on with a special switch and the entire world could hear it, and you only had 30 seconds to say something that every person on this planet would hear, what would you say? If you are white and you believe you are the wokest person Mm. in the world, no matter how woke you are, when you wake up in the morning, you are still a white person and you will never, ever, ever know what it's like to live in black skin. And that is something I have learned a lot about in the last two years. I can't imagine. I can't imagine what your life has been like. 2020 wrecked us. I can't imagine. Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmaud Aubrey. 2020 wrecked my family. And now Patrick. And now Patrick. I mean, and there's been several since then. Um, 
but boy, you want to have a conversation. Let's get Lachelle here and let's talk about 2020. That was an interesting year for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Mm -mm. And I never, I've just always thought more. I thought so much of myself. (laughs) Ooh, it's embarrassing how much I thought of myself and Mm -hmm. how woke I thought I was until you're the only white person in a room for six and eight months under lockdown mm. when people are getting killed in the streets and you you, you don't get to open your mouth because mm. you just need to shut up and listen. Mm. So, yeah, that that's, that is my one statement that I've been saying a lot lately. I've tried as a host to approach very controversial racial issues with humility. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I even did a podcast. I think you listened to it because mm-hmm. you responded to me. Mm-hmm. It was, um, I call it the Rittenberg effect mm-hmm. uh, because I was just, <laughs> I was just angry <laughs> at people's predisposed ideas coming to the surface and no critical thinking. Mm-hmm. They just spit out whatever they take in. And it was annoying to me. It was really annoying to me. Um, but it's hard for me as a white man to speak on things that I can never relate to. Mm-hmm. Like race is one, but also uh, abortion. Mm-hmm. I can never relate to that. I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. And I never will. <clears throat> so I can talk scientifically about it. Um, I can talk, talk scientifically about uh, um, the complexities of the human complex when it comes to race. But I have no idea what it, what it's like waking up as a black man mm-hmm. or as a black woman. I have no idea. And I'll never know. Mm-hmm. So the best thing that I can do most of the time is just to shut up. And hear what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And I've taken a lot of that from you. And you have a lot of zealous. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, sure. That's what we'll call a it. A fervor <laughs> that comes through on your posts. <clears throat> I have, uh, yeah, and it's actually changed a lot. I feel like I don't post nearly what I used to because it's I'm like, it bit. has. Because, who? Because because I I, I wanted to be such a voice for the unheard, and now I'm like, how can I make their voices heard instead yeah. of mine? And you know, still with my family who needs to learn so much, and some of them are truly trying. And yeah. boy, I appreciate that because it, it, initially they were not. Um, so I, but I, it's less public and more private. Mm. Um, man yeah life is different for me today than it was you know in 2013 or even 2014 or 2015 when they were living with me yeah but raising three black children and having a black wife and it's yeah i can't imagine (laughs) how much time do we have can i tell you a story yeah did i ever tell you about the story about inauguration day no. With Donald Trump when he was inaugurated? In 2016. Yep. So he, we knew he'd won. 
and Lachelle and I had decided we were going to take a half day off on inauguration day and basically go drink ourselves into a stupor. You do need cocaine? <laughs> Not that day. <laughs> you needed downers. Which is probably a good thing. You needed downers. Um, so we started out, uh, I got home before her. And I had the speaker on in the house, and it was real nice. It was nice out, so I had a couple windows cracked. Tried to let it was January, but I had some windows cracked to let the fresh air in. <clears throat> and she pulled up, and I was listening to um, "Fuck the Police" by N.W.A., which is one of my all-time favorite songs. I love that. So I am a huge N.W.A. fan. Always have been. So anyway, I'm listening to that, and she's like, "Oh shit, here we go." Okay. So she comes in. She's like, this is how we're going to start our day. And I was like, well, yeah, it's fucking Trump. So she's like, we should probably go eat. So we went to a bar, had some lunch, had a couple drinks. It was down here in Holt at Buddies, which we love. I love Buddies. Yeah, we love Buddies. But she was like, I feel like these people are probably celebrating. <laughs> and we, we, we should probably go to our hood. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, Holt yeah, is, is littered with conservative white yeah yeah but you still have some cool people down here like you and whatever like we never we've never had an issue of buddies i I mean never i'm a trump supporter everybody knows (laughs) still love you i would still love you (laughs) like i can't even skip a beat with that with you (laughs) anyway okay so we leave there and i don't know i think we had to go home I better leave some things out. I don't know who's going to listen. Anyway, we end up at Leroy's. Oh, jeez. Because <laughs> we like Leroy's. It's a good crowd. Oh, gosh. And, and we are getting really fucked up. And we're with, do you remember, did you ever meet Carrie Miller? Yeah. <laughs> so, friend from church, right? Of course. So we hook up with her and her boyfriend at the time there. And I'm like, and he was black. I was like, fuck Whitey. And he's like, yes, fuck Whitey. And Michelle's like, do not encourage her. Like, she's so drunk. Oh, <laughs> so, so <laughs> we leave that bar and we have to go to a birthday party downtown in uh, at the exchange up above. So we go there. And I engage somehow in a, a drop down, knock out, drop down, whatever that phrases argument online with my nieces and oh, they're gosh. being racist af oh gosh and i am demolished like i my heart is broken like oh, okay if you're republican fine but i couldn't believe the things that were coming out of their mouths i was horrified like these are my nieces devastated i'm drunk and crying on some woman's bosom oh, that i gosh. don't know in the exchange. And you, that's not, I don't cry in public. I don't even cry in front of my wife if I can if I can choke it down. All of a sudden, she looks over, and it's her friends. She looks over, she's like, I'm going to need to take her home. Oh. And they're like, what's wrong? She's like, I don't know, but she's crying on that woman's breasts. We don't even know her. And I'm <laughs> sobbing. So she drags me out. She's like, I'm driving home. We get in the car, and she's like, I got to get some food. So we stop at that taco place, Tacos y Mas. Oh, my gosh. The place is so good. On Cedar. 
<laughs> where the old police station was, right? No, no. So we pull in there, and at the time, I drove a black-on-black, completely blacked-out window. Oh, I remember. Chrysler 300. Oh, yeah. Bala. I'm in the passenger seat, drunk, of course, and she's inside. And that place is known for, like, taking a long time to get your food. So I'm waiting, waiting. I'm trying not to look at my phone. I'm crying. It's just, I, like, Trump is our goddamn president. My nieces are racists. Like, all hell is breaking loose. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she finally starts coming out. And I'm watching her come out. And all of a, and she's got bags in her hands like this. And all of a sudden, I see her do this. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Are they getting... But she's walking out. But I'm thinking, they must be getting held up. Otherwise, why is she doing this? Yeah, you know, with the, with the, hands, with the up. hands up and her right. bags in the air. And all of a sudden, I look behind me, and there's five uh, Lansing police SUVs. Oh, jeez. All facing her. Oh, jeez. And all I can think is, they're going to kill her. And this is before 2020. Yeah. They're going to kill her. She's a black woman. They're going to. I jump out with all of my drunken white privilege and all i can think is they won't do shit to me so just get the attention on you right jeez and they're like sir get back in the car (laughs) and i was like i am not sir (laughs) and they're like we see that now (laughs) boobs flopping everywhere and they're like ma'am and they're talking to lachelle and they're trying to get her to come over to this like dark area in between the vehicles and i was like don't you fucking move and i said what did we do wrong because we didn't do anything wrong she was sober she was driving she was in i was in the passenger seat we had done nothing what did we do wrong and they don't want to answer and they're like we need to look in your car i was like i'm hell to the no you're not looking in my car i didn't have anything in that car you're not going to look like I know my rights. I've done yeah. all the things. I've done the ACLU training. I know my rights. Yeah, I've course. done all the things. You're not looking at my goddamn car. I'm certain you'll find something you don't like. No, Absolutely. we didn't do anything wrong. Or put something in there. And they keep trying to call her. And I was like, do not move. And, they, and I was like, you're not looking at my car. And if you don't tell me what we did wrong, and if we're not arrested, we're getting in this car and we're leaving. And she's trying to calm me down because she knows I've spent my entire day singing, fuck the police. (laughs) And I'm drunk and I'm angry and I'm upset. And so she's trying to tell them. So finally, they tell me. Why were they there? Oh, I'm going to get to that. They tell, they say, we're going to have to restrain you. I said, what the fuck for? And they're like, because you won't cooperate. I said, I have not, not done anything you've asked me except for not let you look at my car. You're not looking in that goddamn car. What the fuck did we do wrong? Are we under arrest? They finally, I let them cuff me. And as they're walking me back to the vehicle, I look back at Lachelle and I said, you know what the fuck I want to say? She's like, don't you say it. Oh, my God. It's inauguration day. They put me in the back of the Jeep and I'm like, well, this is dumb now or whatever the SUV. Now they're really going to hurt her because I'm not out there to draw the attention to me. She finally is listening to their radios. They're looking for maybe a white man and a black man or two black men in the same type of vehicle with a gun. She said, sir, if you would listen to your radio, she'd been listening. 
They're looking for two men. We are two women. We're not what you're looking for. He turned off his fucking radio. Really? Oh, you want to talk about this? <laughs> so anyway, finally, somehow she calms them down and they come out. She tells them she used to work in corrections. She very much knows her rights. You're not going to get in this car unless you have a warrant. Hmm. Whether we have something or not, you're not getting in there, and I can't let you in there, or I'm going to have to deal with the consequences when we get. Like, she's going to be pissed off at me. Like, you're not getting in there. Somebody finally gets their little head on, screwed on straight. They bring me out. They thank me for my service. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uncuff me. serious? I'm pissed. Uncuff me. <laughs> Set me back to my car. And we drive home. My gosh. I was so upset. But all I could think of was, they're going to kill her. Yeah. They're not going to touch me. I could have acted all the goddamn fool I wanted to. Jeez. And I knew they wouldn't do anything to me. Hmm. And they never did. They cuffed me and put me in the back car. Yeah. They can't seemingly do that to any black man. Yeah. I was acting a goddamn fool. Hmm. And having to explain that to my sons. You cannot do that. No, you can't. And it's too bad. And honestly, I hope to God you have white people in your life and in your vehicles when you're driving around that will do that for you. Just bring the attention to them. Get the attention off of you. Yeah. That's a crazy story. Jeez. That was so stupid. The next day, we, they had that women's march. I looked like I had had a stroke. Half of like my face is fucked. I can't. I thought I was smiling for the pictures. It's like broke. <laughs> I said, "Babe, I don't think I'm okay. <laughs> I think I, I think I might have had a little semi-stroke. Look at my face. <laughs> it's not okay. Trump gave me a stroke." <laughs> Oh, man. <sighs> well. I don't know why I told that story. That's a great story. Yeah. That's what, that's what this is all about. Yeah. That I really did. Get, I really did. Like, my bumped up status with the kids on that one, though. <laughs> that's a good one. Bumped up status on everybody <laughs> on that one. <laughs> well, let's wrap it up. Yep. Thank you so, so, so much for taking the time to tell some of your story. It was so good to catch up with you. So good to catch up with you. Let's not wait six years to hang out again. No. Yeah? No, I'm telling you, you need to you need to talk to Lachelle, but it's gonna be a heavy one. Well, let's let's make it heavy. Mm-hmm. I'm all about being. Are you doing your barbecue this summer? So, uh, yeah. Well, I wanna, but she thinks we might need to wait one more year to have all those people. But you well, know, let's, let's we got a pool. Oh yeah, come on. So maybe we just need to invite I'll you my, over. I'll bring my speedo. That'll be good. Sweet. You look good, dude. <laughs> I don't mind looking at you in a speedo. That won't bother me at all. <laughs> I mean, I can't talk to anybody else, but you're like... Uh, I'll do my dance. <laughs> Giggity. And so, I... Yeah, well, have your grill out. Like, maybe not make it huge, but invite some people. Don't bring any goat milk. <laughs> we'll be fine. All right. Thank you, Deb. Thank you, buddy. Thank you so much for coming. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, <laughs> everybody.